It's great to be here with you all, continuing our series, The Story of Us, where we're looking at relationships in life. And as Judy already said, today I'm going to be looking at honoring your parents in an age of independence. Now, I don't know what comes to, to mind first when you hear the word honor. It means something different depending on your cultural background or your upbringing. But I thought today would be really helpful to unpack what that word really means and explore why God calls us to honor our parents and how we can actually do that throughout our lives. We're going to be looking at Jesus himself and take from his example of how he honored his heavenly father and his earthly mother Mary and Joseph, his in effect adoptive father, and what he taught about how to honor parental figures in our lives as well. So the definition of honor is regarding with great respect. Now, in the Old Testament in the Bible, the, the majority of uses of the word honor are translations or a variety of translations of the Hebrew word kabod. The actual root word for kabod literally translates to weighty or heavy. So in essence, to honor someone is to give weight to them or grant them an authority, a position of authority over you in some way, or to recognize the respect that they are due. Now, you might know the command, honor your father and mother as one of the Ten Commandments, uh, which is in Exodus, which God gives to Moses for him to share with all the people. But it's also mentioned once more in the book of Deuteronomy, and then it's mentioned six times in the New Testament. Five of those are by Jesus, and then once more by Paul to the church in Ephesus. So it's clear that this is something, this command is something that God thinks is important. Uh, fun fact for you, it's actually the first earthly relationship mentioned in the Ten Commandments. Now these commandments are set for us as a helpful guideline for us to live our life well. They're not this legalistic list of rules that we have to follow, but uh, just that, well, they remind us that we frequently mess up. That's not what they are. They are for us to have... Uh, an understanding of how we can actually live our life to the full. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all of us are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came through Jesus Christ. And that's not all that Jesus brought. He came to fulfill the law of Moses, and he brought a new covenant, which means that we can have relationship with God as our own father. And then through the Holy Spirit, we have the church, which can also be our family here. This is beyond biological or blood relations. Uh, we have a family here, mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers to one another. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. We are part of God's family, and we can treat each other accordingly. Now, with that in mind, let me read from our Bible passage today, which is 1 Timothy 5, 1 to 8. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, feel free to get those out. 1 Timothy 5, 1 to 8. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family, and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith 
and is worse than an unbeliever. So we see here again uh, from this passage the importance of our church community and, and how honoring our elders, parents, caregivers, parental figures in our lives is really important. That's clear. But why? Why is this important as followers of Jesus? Now, despite the push in our Western society for individuality or fierce independence, over the past few months, we have explored how important relationships and community are for all of us, for each one of us at this time, and it's always been the case. Now, some of the reasons why it's important for us to honor our parents is because Jesus did, and also because as Christians, we are called to live selfless lives serving and loving others despite what the cultural norm is at the moment. So if society says, well, I'm my own person, I've turned 18, I'm an adult, see you later, parents, or anyone who looked after me and cared for me. Well, as followers of Jesus, we have a choice where we can say we're going to continue to love and serve and include and honor these people in a variety of ways. This is a quote from Lucy Pepia in her book, The Disciple. She says, however our parents have treated us, they will play an enormously important part in our formation. And learning how to respond to our parents, even after they're no longer with us, will be one of the most fundamental ways in which God forms Christ-likeness in us. Like so many things in life, and also many of the topics that we've been touching on through this series on relationships, they actually reflect our relationship with God. Parental figures in our lives have the incredible opportunity to invest in and develop and shape children into adults, and then they perhaps can form friendships as well. And many people have learned from the faith of their parents, I include myself in that, as they have modeled what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. That is brilliant. In the same way that parents set the rules as we grow up and they set boundaries for, for our lives, so too does God set the commandments to help us live a life to the full, as I already said. But sometimes these are things that we don't fully understand. Now, in the same way that a parent might stop a child from running into the road, even though that's what they want to do if they see a, a ball there, for example, they want to play with, uh, they're doing it because they see the bigger picture where they see there's a car coming, perhaps. In the moment, the child might think, ah, why have you taken away my joy in life by stopping me from doing this? Where actually, little did they know the parent was saving their life. And is this not the same with God? As our Heavenly Father, He knows what is best for us and will sustain us and care for us and provide for us what we need when we need it. And when things don't go our way or as we had planned, perhaps we say, God, why are you doing this to me? Maybe God is saying, if only you saw the bigger picture. I'm saving you, loving you. I am here with you now. Jesus touches on this a little bit in, in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Again, we see in Hebrews 12, verse 9, We have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit? to the Father of our spirits, and live. And our proverb for today's talk is Proverb 15, 20, which says, Sensible children bring joy to their father, 
foolish children despise their mother. So this is a theme that is running throughout. And as one theologian says, the reason there should be reverence and awe for a mom or a dad is so that a child will learn what reverence and awe for God is like. Let's look then at at the example that Jesus gave. Because if we're going to be more like Jesus, which is what we're called to do in our own lives, that tends to be a good place to start. In Luke 2, 51, when Jesus was 12 years old, he, it says in the Bible, he went with his parents and he was obedient to them. So Jesus models this honor through his life, fully God and fully human. As a child growing up, he honors his parents by being obedient to them. But as an adult, honoring his parents isn't necessarily about being obedient to them anymore. It kind of perhaps turns into something a little bit more as um, putting their needs before his own. Mary and Joseph, his earthly parents, they actually made mistakes. They lost their 12-year-old Jesus for three whole days, at least, at one point. Later on, they tried to interfere with his ministry, uh, and they even at some point said that he was out of his mind. Their parenting wasn't perfect, and our parents will make mistakes or have made mistakes, but God doesn't make mistakes. His love is unconditional, and his care and protection hold us. Matthew 26, verse 39, when faced with death, Jesus said these words, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus submits to God, his heavenly father. He honors God through obedience. And we have the opportunity to do the same as well with God in our lives, whatever age we are at. Now, honor at times can be reflected through obedience and respect, as I've touched on, but this internal attitude of honor should be accompanied by appropriate action because we have been created by God. One of the things we've been created to do is to honor him through all that we do. Isaiah 29, verse 13, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. And Jesus quotes this as well in Matthew 15. So it's not enough to only say with our mouths that we're going to honor our parental figures or honor God. What does this look like in action, practically? I'm all about the practical, if you know me. I love that. How do we do that with all of our being? Now, throughout our lives, our relationships with our parents, uh, they're going to change. And depending on what stage you're in, well, there will be a different emphasis on the relationship. And one of the changes is going from being cared for by your parent or or caregiver uh, to then caring for our parents in later years. And I was able to interview someone in Riverside and chat about their experience in this. So let's take a look at the interview now. Well, I am here now with Carol Botham, a member of Riverside Church, and you have possibly seen her welcoming you when you have entered the church building, or uh, maybe you also know her from somewhere else. She's also a life group leader in Riverside, and she also happens to be my mother-in-law, which is very fitting as we are continuing to explore what it looks like to honor your parents in an age of independence. So thanks for doing this, Carol. Appreciate you taking the time. I wondered whether you could help just paint a little picture of, of the situation you're going to share about in terms of um, the relevance for you. Yeah, we were talking about sharing about mum. So she's in her mid-80s and she's been in a care home for about three years. 
um, having been widowed a number of years before that. Um, but the impact of advancing dementia has really meant that she um, wasn't safe living in her own home. So we're fortunate enough to have found um, a Christian care home near where she was living. And so she's been there um, for a few years. And as her dementia has advanced, I've become her sort of representative on earth. Um, so all her care and financial decisions are, are mine to make um, now. Yeah. Which I suppose when we were kind of chatting about this, it seems like a... Is that something that you had thought in your head, oh, one day this will happen, that suddenly all, like a lot of responsibility will be put on you, as you just said, you're their representative in life? Um, and the, the, how that kind of roles have reversed in that. Is that something that you expected or has it been um, more of a shock or, or what's that been like? I think I'd maybe expected the sort of serving and helping somebody when they're physically um, less able. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd really thought so much about the, um, the advancing dementia and therefore having to make decisions for somebody not really getting much from them about what they want or don't want and therefore having to use my earlier knowledge of what her preferences would be to make decisions now i don't think i've really thought that through but mm. it's something that impacts a lot of people nowadays isn't it having to make decisions yeah for others. Yes. yeah yeah and i think exactly what you just said i imagine and in fact i know you're not the only person even in riverside but in the wider community who is going through a similar situation how would you say then that your faith or uh, being a follower of Jesus, how does that impact this situation as you as you care for your mother? I would say primarily because I can pray about those decisions, mm -hmm. so that gives me comfort that um, I'm getting God's direction and guidance as to those decisions. Um, also I think the fact that she's in a Christian care home, mm -hmm. it helps us to make sure that her soul is being fed um, and that all is well with her soul. Mm -hmm. So she really enjoys the services, um, she really enjoys singing hymns, um, she really enjoys the church members taking communion to her. So part of what I've been able to do during Covid times is try to encourage and push for that to carry mm -hmm. on happening to feed her, feed her soul. Um, and I suppose it gives me you know, comfort that, you know, that she's got a life on this earth, but she's also got an eternal life as well that I can be confident in, even though things are challenging at the moment. Mm, yeah. That's a really beautiful perspective to hold. Um, in terms of then kind of the, the burden that that puts on you and, and some of the stuff that you're carrying in that, what, what, do you, what can you do about it? What, how do you cope with kind of that extra pressure? Um, I suppose a couple of things is Tim was talking the other week about um, focusing on relationships and the giving as well and, and the getting and I think it's come to a time where it's now my time to sort of give to mum she's mm -hmm. given to me and I've got for years um, so there's partly there's partly that of being generous in what I'm giving the, the time and the consideration about the decisions I'd also say that my life group's been hugely supportive there's a number of us that have got elderly dependents that are becoming um, needful of care and decisions and it's really helpful to be able to talk with them I know they pray about it for me and they're kind enough to ask quite often how mm -hmm. mum's doing and how I'm doing and I have to say that you know that is a really helpful and supportive um, way to be in life group. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so life group, prayer, these are some of the things that kind of 
keep you going and sustain you in these situations. And I imagine there are some uh, other elements as well of that that have hopefully been helpful for others and, and for you if that's a situation that you're in. But Carol, thank you so much for sharing. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to do that and, and sharing a little bit of, of your situation and giving some insight in that as well. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Now, in what Carol just shared, it's clear that she wants to do the best for her mother, regardless of the current complexities of the situation. And actually, above all the struggle and challenges that are happening right now, as Carol mentioned, there is a hope and comfort that Grandma has a faith in Jesus so that her story doesn't just finish here on this earth. Now, if your parents don't have a relationship with Jesus today, maybe that is something that you want to continue to be praying for. Like I said, we're all going to be at different stages with our relationships with our parents, have different relationships with our parental figures, and you may have had wonderful, loving parents yourself, or you might have been hurt by your parents in some way, but you're doing your best to love and trust them, or maybe there's been some kind of trauma that you've uh, taken on by the way that you were raised, or maybe you have no relationship with your parents at all. There are many different situations that we find ourselves in, and these will change over the years. What I'd love for us to take away from today is the encouragement to see what it looks like for each one of us to honor our parents in the current situation that we're in right now. Whilst we kind of love this idea of the perfect family, because we live in a broken world, parents are humans too, and they will make mistakes and sometimes make bad choices. And one of the most famous villainous father figures in pop culture and fiction is Darth Vader, which I'm just going to talk about very briefly. Even if you're not into Star Wars, surely you've heard of him. Now, I was struck by the recent TV series on, uh, on Disney+, Plus, where Obi-Wan shares with a young Leia, a young Princess Leia, that he did, in fact, know her parents. I don't think this is a spoiler. Sorry if it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he recognizes in her these traits. He said, passionate, fearless and forthright, these are gifts from her father, and that both her father and mother were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. Now, I know this is fiction, but I was really touched by this for some reason, that the character Obi-Wan chose these words to honor his friend and Leia's father in this way, because he could have easily said, he is an evil villain who has already tried to kill me a bunch of times and kidnap you loads, but he didn't. He chooses honor instead by clinging to the best of who Anakin was before he turned to the dark side. Now, apologies if that went over your head completely. I'm coming back to reality now. What I was trying to say with that is that we have a choice in how we honor people. Maybe as honoring them moves beyond obedience and, and discipline and into more of a respect and a trust, perhaps a way to honor is choosing to see the best in someone and wanting the best for them as well. And you know, we don't have to carry this burden alone. We have this family here and all of you in your groups at home, wherever you are. This community around us to help us in honoring our parental figures. You don't have to say, well, it's my parents, so it's my responsibility alone. No. Have you asked for help? Share the burden. Because you can. Like Carol said, she gives it up to God in prayer and she opens up with people in her life group so that they can support each other well. That's what is brilliant about the church. Can I just take a moment to sensitively address the issue of parents who did do immense damage in the way that they raised you? 
perhaps through abuse or neglect. Now, there is no justification for those actions, and God's heart breaks for those terrible situations. So in these cases, what does it look like to honor your parents? Perhaps honoring parents who are abusive is a heart issue, but absolutely not a toleration of abuse or abusive behavior. Brené Brown really helpfully expands on this when she says these words. When you hold someone accountable for hurtful behaviors and they feel shame, that is not the same as shaming someone. I am responsible for holding you accountable in a respectful and productive way. I am not responsible for your emotional reaction to that accountability. You have to let the people you love experience the consequences of their own behavior. Now, this is not easy or simple, and in these cases, honoring them does not mean that you have to have a relationship with them or even like them. It should always be a case of getting help to get away from abuse and accessing counseling to allow healing from it as well. And in order for our hearts to heal, or to protect our hearts as well, and this is going to take time and be especially difficult, God commands that we forgive and leave the reconciliation into his hands. We're told to pray for our enemies in the scriptures, and we should definitely be praying for parents that have made horrific mistakes and held abusive behavior so that we might clear a bit of that bitterness in our own hearts. Maybe that is something that you'd like to ask someone to pray with you today about. And there is going to be more opportunity for prayer after this as we respond in just a moment. Whatever situation that we're in, this is something that applies for everyone. We all have had parents people who have raised us. All of us will have something that we can bring before God. Me too. My parents live on the other side of the world right now. They're currently in another lockdown in their city. I haven't seen them in three years. What does it look like for me now to honor my parents? Something to think about. Lucy Pepia suggests this as a baseline kind of for all of us. Honoring our parents in, circum in certain circumstances may mean simply being thankful that they exist and respecting their role as givers of life in the sequence of human existence. As long as we are actually grateful for our existence, then at the very least, we can be grateful to our parents that we exist and that they gave us life. So for us to pray into now, practical applications for honoring these figures in our lives. Maybe we can refer back to the passage in 1 Timothy about treating those in our church community as family, respecting our elders. Maybe it means to look at our parental figures and to include them, to care for them, to ask them for help or advice, even when you maybe have other people that you could ask as well. To honor them, to forgive them, speak highly of them. Take the time now to consider how you will honor your parents or the parental figures in your life, no matter how you've been raised. And this is going to be a challenge for all of us and one that we cannot do alone. We need the support of those around us and the work of God's spirit in our hearts and in our lives. And the second thing is I want us to hold on to the knowledge that God is our heavenly father and he is good. He is for us, he is with us, and he knows everything about us, and he loves us. So alongside taking time to consider how we honor our earthly parents, how do we honor our heavenly father? Because he is so, so worthy of honor.
going to invite the band to come back up now as we, as we wrap up. Prayer team, if you are ready to just position yourselves around the edges of the room, if you need more space, feel free to filter into the garden as well. Um, the prayer lanyards are at the back. Maybe today we can pray for God to reveal to us each how we can honor these parental figures uh, here on earth, but also that we would pray that we can submit to God as our Heavenly Father, that that would be an act of honoring Him.